Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Mother's Day is this Sunday, and I'm delighted to welcome Noelle Maring, who writes regularly on the topics of politics, culture, and religion, and has a background in philosophy as well as home design. She's an editor for uh, TheologyofHome.com. She lives in Southern California with her husband and six children. So we welcome Noelle to Koinonia to talk about the new book, Theology of Home 2. Noelle, welcome to Koinonia. Hi, great to be here. Thank you. It is one of these things that comes up every year. And it's Mother's Day, right? Well, then mom ends up getting all the stress of doing all this stuff that, you know, this is supposed to be a break for her and an honor for her. And uh, I think moms, at least what I've observed, is that it seems to be even more stress just overall that uh, there's just so many requirements and it seems like responsibilities that moms today have. That's true. I guess we are juggling a lot and tend to be long-suffering souls, truly. Really. <laughs> I think that I, you know, we can have a shift in, uh, the, I think it's the less we expect the day to be perfect and all about us, the more we might take it with some lightness and just be able to enjoy the people who are, are trying their best to bring us a, bring a smile to our face on this one day. So Right. And, and I, hopefully all the other days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially all, right, and all the other days as well. I mean, that's uh, that's part of it. Of course, with social media now, it's, it, everything seems like a competition. Uh, who's the intended audience for your book, Theology of Home 2? Well, our biggest audience is, is, going, is women, but we really find that we have women of all ages and stages, from single women, women who aren't mothers or professionals, women who are you know, in the throes of the young children years, and also grandmothers. Um, so uh, we really we really try to appeal to women of all stages. We also have um, some men who secretly read our books and say, we really like this chapter, and this felt meaningful to us, because, of course, it shouldn't be a surprise. Men care about home life being happy and thriving as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a broad demographic, but we're so pleased by how, how people responded. That is fantastic. I just read a study that... Um psychology today or something like that talking about the health of men is improved in the uh, early childbearing years if they participate at a higher level in the child rearing and it's like hello you know uh, men uh, fathers are important women obviously important but we're really designed to work together as a team aren't we i think that's absolutely right and so important you know and i think that the more that um, a, a husband really valuing the home life ex- really encourages the woman to as well. You know, and I think that it, when once men start seeing home as being just a launching pad for the really important part of their day, which is out in the world, <laughs> it's very, it's a short trip to before a short time before women start devaluing what they're doing in the home as well. Um, so, so I think you know, my husband when he he had a shift at one point in his career where he he realized you know this this is the real crux of my days when I come home and I want to. You know, just not just check out, but I want to be on the floor with the children, and I want to, you know, pour my life a glass of wine, or you know, help with dinner. And um, you know, these, these are these are all the beautiful things that make family life really generous and, and loving. Is um, if we're all we're all trying to do our best to, to be 
present to each other and, and be people of service, really. I've always been astounded at the uh, requirements of a mom, and especially a mom that also works. Uh, how's the perception of the role of homemaker changed over the last decade? Oh, gosh, it's changed so drastically, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, I think most people probably cringe when they hear the word homemaker. <laughs> um, and, and we use the word actually more a bit more broadly in the book because we really are trying to tap into the idea that everyone kind of cares about the that the, the, the project of home is appealing for everyone, as we were saying before, for men, but also for single women, people who are, have children that have flown the coop, professional women as well. Um, but more specifically, I think, you know, that, and that re- reorienting ourselves around that positive understanding of what home means will have an, have an effect on the more role-based of what a homemaker does. Because if we see home as a noble project, then we see the person who is spending you know, the majority of her day caring for that home as becoming a more noble role. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's a rehabilitation of all these important things. And, and I think it's universally applicable now because, um, and acknowledged to be so because of COVID. So right. We've all have been turned into our homes in a new way over the past year and realized the importance of that being a really happy and uh, place that we can, can be nourished and nourishing each other yeah, rather um, than being sort of a... a you know, just a utilitarian place where we just change and go off into our real lives. I'm guessing there are a few dads out there that, wow, I had no idea moments <laughs> over this last year. <laughs> Noel Maring is our guest today. A look at books on Koinonia. We're talking to moms about the book Theology of Home 2. Now, Noel, your book is absolutely beautiful. Uh, you've got encouraging quotes, stories from women, beautiful pictures. You also decided... I thought on a unique presentation of a co-authored book. It's very, very nice. Tell me about those choices. Uh, yeah, so uh, my co-author, Carrie Grish, she's a prolific writer. She and I met each other in grad school. We were studying philosophy together. Um, and then we really wanted to make this book be not just uh, you know, a philosophy book at all, but really just a, a book that could address the universe longing through the human heart and through the context of what a home is. And the idea of home, it's so simple, but it really is far-reaching and, and rather deep and profound in its implications. And I think as society has changed, we've come so far away from seeing that. Um, and so we wanted to, to have like, real, real substantive and compelling words, but also beautiful, compelling photographs. So we have a very talented photographer named Kim Bale, who um, just did a great job of capturing things that we don't normally see in women's magazines, you know, things like pregnant women and, you know, dads holding babies and a dad, I went when the algae home one is chopping up a wood with an axe and you um, women doing all sorts of things, um, caring for the kids and having friendships and having community, you know, as couples and all these things that I think most normal people long for and strive. But for whatever reason, we've just really um, shied away from portraying that sort of um, real domestic life and mm-hmm. the beauty of it in our media. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but so this is sort of a counterpoint to that, to, to show that these simple things in this simple life is, is quite beautiful. And it's, um, not, you know, oppressive as I think that we've been told for, for so many years. You write that our culture has traded fruitfulness for power and control, but women still desire to be fruitful and purposeful. And I agree with that. How can women exemplify fruitfulness in their physical and spiritual lives? Oh, that's a great question. We, we, that really is the theme of the whole book, is what, what fruitfulness means. And, and we mean it in a biological way, but far more deeply than just a biological way. So it really has a, a deep spiritual meaning that I think is, um, you know, connected to our spiritual lives in the sense that, you know, it's a hidden project 
uh, we don't always see the fruits of it. And that this is so much what uh, homemaking is that, you know, we don't get necessarily applause or a paycheck. Um, but, but there's this trust that, and surrender that, you know, that we, we can have faith that what's, what's happening will bear fruit. Um, so similar to uh, the time we spend in prayer, you know, these things are unsung. Oftentimes in the culture, they're not measurable. They're not our public lives. They're our hidden lives. But really, that, this is, we know where we're really rooted. Um, and so I, I think that, that shift from understanding ourselves to be having a purpose of power, which is what we've been told for so long, be powerful, be empowered, all these messages. Um, I think what we're trying to say is that power, women are powerful, but it's not our purpose. And once we make it our purpose, we become very com- competition-oriented. We become, uh, you know, insecure. We become comparison-oriented. It's very unpeaceful and anxiety-inducing. And so understanding our purpose to be rather one of fruitfulness gives a sort of surrender, peace, and also depth of soul that I think is what we really long for in life. Noel Maring is our guest today on A Look at Books on Koinonia. We're talking to moms about the book Theology of Home 2. I mentioned earlier because of social media a lot of mothers compare themselves to other women for their accomplishments, their ability to multitask or whatever. Why should women remind themselves not to get caught up in this? I think it just, it's, it's such a trap and I, and I fall into it. I think it's, you know, we're all, it'll probably always be a struggle to some degree, but I think the more we can understand that our definition is not built on being affirmed from people outside of ourselves so much as it is understanding ourselves, first of all, as daughters of God. Um, and, and that's where our dignity and value comes from. Uh, and, and this trying to trying to find that dignity and value instead out in the world in, in affirmation from other people, oftentimes pe- people that don't even know us, you know, strangers or people who are barely acquaintances on social media. This is really a, um, a, a, a never-ending effort that's never going to be fulfilled. And so um, I, I think that if we need to, we need to have limits on our, our social media engagement. But still, you know, there's good reasons to be on social media if that if it if it doesn't disturb your peace. So. Um, I think we can reorient our, our outlook on it, though. We have to look at it as this is a place where I can go to love people, and maybe I can, you know, get some inspiration from some beautiful, you know, uh, living room that someone's showing on Instagram or something. If we can get see it positively rather than it, making it become about um, what we're doing wrong, our ego and this pressure. Uh, but but I, I, I do think we have to make sure that we're, we're looking at it in the correct lens that sure. way. Sure. Well, what are some other messages that you hope to convey uh, to the readers of this book? I think, the, you know, the, besides the, the theme of fruitfulness and also just to, you know, we really just want to encourage women um, that I think that there's, that there's something very important that, that, that you know, we're, we're made for. Um, and, and it's not really in a really concrete way, but it, it's more of a common thread so that um, in, the set, in the sense that whether we're called to the married life or we're called to have six kids or we're, called, we're, we're, we're given a cross of infertility or, or um, perhaps we never marry, we live, or, 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 or we're professional women out in the world. In all of these different situations, we can find what God is calling us to through them and find some way to serve him and serve the people around us with as much generosity and cheerfulness as we can, as, as we can muster it with sincerity, you know, not in like a performative way, but just in a, um, a true embodiment. And I think women want to know what, the, what, what womanhood is supposed to look like. And we see so many confusing messages. We're either supposed to be sex symbols or we're supposed to be androgynous and really tough. But there's a real beauty of femininity that I think is lost in between those two extremes. Um, and to encourage women just to listen to that sort of, 
true understanding of womanhood that we're trying to convey here that it's not, you know, anything we invented, but I think it's just natural to us um, and, and really feel confident in pursuing that. I really encourage husbands to get this book for their wives, wives get the book for yourself, moms, even single, like you said, uh, women of all ages have uh, found favor in this. And I really think it's a wonderful, I didn't read it word for word. I didn't read the whole thing, but wow, it was just, I guess my word was refreshing. I just felt refreshed uh, going through the pages. I'm very, very happy to promote this and I hope my listeners uh, will take uh, take my word to heart. Uh, where can people find out more about you and follow uh, some of the things that you're doing? Thank you for your sweet words. I appreciate that very much. We are at theologyofhome.com. We have a daily curated media email that we send out to women as well as a shop. And I, my personal writing is noellemaring.com. Just my name. Um, yeah, noellemaring.com with one R. Well, thank you again so much for taking some time today. I don't even know how you could fit uh, radio interviews into your day, much less write a book. But uh, I'm so glad you have. It was great to be here. Thanks so much. 